Hello and welcome to the Sound Architect podcast. I'm joined by Matt Griffin and Andrew Benison today to talk about Unbox. How's it going, guys? Yeah, good. It's going That's very well, thanks. Cool. So if just for the benefit of our listeners, if you'd like to introduce yourselves and what you do. Okay, well, I'm Matt Griffin and I was the composer and sound designer on Unbox, Newbie's Adventure. And I'm Andrew Benison. I'm the managing director, head honcho of Prospect Games, and uh, I just boss people around all day. <laughs> Fantastic. Living the dream. Absolutely. So we're here to talk about Unbox Newbie's Adventure, which has come out today, 26th of July. So congratulations on the release on console. Must feel fantastic. It's kind of a, it's a bit of a surreal feeling. It doesn't it doesn't really feel real, especially when like you know we we spent 31 months making the game. So it's um, you know it's like a lot of build up and an- anticipation, and then it's come out and it's like up oh, top, okay. So it's a little <laughs> it's it's an odd feeling. And how about you, Matt? How must it feel for you to get your music out there on on all platforms now? yeah it's it's great i mean it's yeah it's my first my first soundtrack um and yeah it's it's amazing that it's uh, that these guys have got this far and uh, actually seen it right through to uh, physical and digital versions of the game on uh, all platforms which is amazing well, except switch but that's coming right uh, that is coming it's digital maybe maybe retail and uh hopefully coming sooner rather than later we are working on that oh wow fantastic so even be on the switch as well it will indeed which I know would definitely be a dream come true for Matt, considering it coming out on a Nintendo console. And Andy. <laughs> oh, really? You dream about the Nintendo as well, huh? Oh, we're, we were in 64 bros from like the age of <laughs> seven onwards. So, yeah, yeah like, uh, again, that, that that's like ultra surreal levels uh, of like just madness, really, <laughs> like that we've grown up to make not only a Nintendo-inspired game, but then to actually come out on a Nintendo platform. That's crazy. Never imagined that would happen. Yeah, well, you know, it's fantastic, guys, and you, you've worked really hard for it. I mean, thirty-one months—that's that's a long time to be plugging away. Not planned yes. either. We didn't we didn't want to spend thirty-one months on a game about. <laughs> I remember coming boxes. on board for a nice little uh, six-month game, and then it just sort of snowballed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not quite the same as six months, is it? No, it snowballed in a good way, though. Uh, sometimes <laughs> ups and downs. <laughs> So in terms of what's happened with the console release, what's different? Because you released in Steam um, quite a while ago now, didn't you? In September of last year. Yeah, yeah. So it's been quite a few months since that. What's what's the difference between that release and this release? Uh, the, really, for this one's on consoles. Like it's just it's taken a long time to optimize and port it. We have we have made extra content uh, with some uh, new uh, local multiplayer maps and some new skins and cosmetics for the boxes. But by and large, it's just taken a fair whack of time just to bring Unbox from PC to more fixed platforms like Xbox and PlayStation. Okay, and in terms of the differences in what you had to do to make it run on console, what what were the biggest challenges? I think the the biggest challenge was really, it was one that we kind of artificially created ourselves by, by going into this kind of naively, like anybody who's doing a startup venture for the first time, like you... You go and go and I, I can do this and people go, well, what are you going to do? And you go, I don't know, I'll figure out as I go. We've, we very much went in with that that mindset. And so I think the biggest issue was that we, we designed the game as a console game, but we built it and structurally designed it for the PC platform. And that's yeah. really different to how like an Xbox and PlayStation runs from a hardware standpoint and from like a compliance standpoint that all of the console platforms have very, very specific rules and procedures for a whole variety of things. Um, And the hardware is set up in a very specific way. And so it it was really a case of, okay, like our game is designed to work on control pads. Great, we got that nailed. Um, But we have HUD elements that are within 10% of the edge of the screen or 
you know, the game's running like crap on certain levels when you look in a certain direction. Why is that? And it's like, well, because we, we didn't build it with those target platforms in mind. We only got the, the dev kits, I think, nine months into development. Oh, wow. Um, which is, you know, way too late, I'd say, uh, to be uh, to be able to do a reasonably quick job. And it's why it's taken us some time because we've had to uh, rebuild and restructure and, and just redo a lot of chunks of the game uh, to get it working on those platforms. And to be honest, there wasn't a great deal with audio. Um, there wasn't a great deal of difference between the Steam and the console versions. It was just sort of hitting Sony's loudness standards to get through, uh, uh, what is it, TRCs? Right. Yeah, to, yeah, just to get through the compliance process. Yeah. Uh, it also gave me a chance to do a bit more mixing, a bit more polishing. And then, um, yeah, after, after that, I was all done, really. All right. So in terms of the audio, there wasn't too much to change. There's nothing really missing on the PC version or the console version compared to the other. No, 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 there isn't. No. I think the bitrate might be a tidgy bit lower. I don't know. Um, you, you promised. <laughs> <laughs> you promised you wouldn't touch the bitrate. Uh, no, I didn't. I deliberately didn't because because uh, we were using a FMOD Studio as well. So, you know that all that stuff so optimized. There was there was bits of optimization I could do on the UE4 Blueprint side of it. Yeah. But all that stuff runs so nicely anyway that a lot of the work is done by that. Um, but I, I deliberately didn't teach Chris or Tim, the programmers, anything about FMOD because I knew they'd do that. <laughs> they, they, they reduced the quality by about 85, 90 percent. So it, it kind of sounds like it gets. It's all 8 bit now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just crunchy, nasty noise. We actually took the sound. We took the sounds out, and we just encouraged players to kind of use their imagination. <laughs> yeah, no one plays with a sound on anyway, do they, Matt? So don't, uh, that's just the, 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 I've heard that so many times working this job in the last five years, and it doesn't, doesn't. It's never funny. It's never like, oh, that's the three hundredth time I've heard that. Now it's funny. It wasn't funny the first time. I've heard it today. I've like, <laughs> really? Yeah, you get this all the time, but uh, it's it's just a fun joke that uh, the other departments like to make at our cost. Yeah, it's the joke that we make when we, you know, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. <laughs> so throughout the process, then, focusing on the audio, between the two of you, what did you both find challenging with the audio? Working with Griff. Ah, oh, you beat me to it. Ha <laughs> 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 Um... Uh, between the both of us, no, it's just meeting Andrew's uh, ridiculous demands, um, you know, <laughs> his iterative process. Um, no, it, I mean, it, it was all fairly smooth sailing on the audio front. Um, I'd, with the music, I'd sort of run uh, drafts past uh, past Andy, Andrew and the rest of the team. And yeah, there was uh, there was one or two tracks where I just kind of thought, ah, oh, never actually going to nail this. Maybe we're going to have to... Uh, there was one stage where I was thinking, oh, maybe we're going to have to bring someone in for this. And then like... Draft eight or nine was was the one, and it was like, oh, okay, that's good, right? Let's let's build on that. And you were the only audio guy, weren't you, man? You were doing the music and all the sound effects. Yeah, and it was all in house, and that's obviously a big advantage of being in house is uh, that you can just you can write something in the morning, run it past the guys at lunchtime, and then either scrap it or carry it on in the afternoon. Yeah, that must be much better than kind of freelance or remote, where you just send it off and hope for the best. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and it's it's great being um, you know, we were all making it in this tiny room and every time there was ideas flying around, I could then pitch in and say, Oh, and I could do this and this and then the idea would be a bit more solidified with everyone else and you know, like the the shop music, for example. It was like, Oh, we've we've got to have a because we've got Taylor Swift's changing room, which is like the box customization uh kind of mode in the single player. Yeah. Uh, it's dropped into his shop and uh, you've got this little little tailor stood there as you customize. We thought it'd be fun to have this kind of cheesy music elevator style thing. And, you know, I, I bashed that one, bashed a draft out of that really, really quickly. And suddenly it was like, oh, we've got to do this now. 
No, fantastic. And did you just say he was called Taylor Swift? Uh, no, he's uh, he's called. It's the business is called Swift Tailoring. Yeah, oh, he, is, right. he, he, he is a yeah. Say Taylor Swift. Taylor <laughs> yeah. Swift. Swift. It's, it's um. Taylor with an I. If anyone from. Uh, Taylor Swift's PR people are listening. <laughs> is it Taylor I, with an I don't, I don't know, but I'd say I'd say my um I'd say the biggest challenge I found with audio was kind of solved by Griff. Like the answer was Griff. The problem the problem we had was that we didn't have anybody who was an audio specialist when we started, and you know it was from from the very early days from the game jam and us then developing it in like January 2015 to. Um, April 2015 and taking it to events like the most noticeable part of the game that wasn't improving and was always kind of crap was the audio because you know we were just basically pulling tracks off of YouTube and just grabbing free sound effects as kind of placeholders and going oh we'll we'll deal with this later and it was becoming quickly obvious that we were about to fall into the trap that pretty much every game project does which is leaving audio and music to the last possible moment and going oh someone can just cram it in and having some poor freelancer doing it, doing the whole thing in about two weeks where it's impossible <laughs> to do a good job. Yeah, and it's, you know, people just routinely don't seem to realize the importance of audio in a game, especially when we were trying to kind of emulate the vibes of Super Mario and Banjo-Kazooie, where you know the, the sound effects are uh, and music is just as memorable, if not more, like the most memorable parts of those games. Yeah, uh, They've had a, like a lasting impact, not just on games, but like culturally. Like these are things that have had yeah. huge impacts. So... Um, that was our major problem, and you know, knowing Griff was doing a good job at TT, and we'd worked together on on mods, and obviously go back 25 years or yeah. so. Um, it, it just like, seemed like okay, it's a natural fit. Like we need somebody to do this job right, and so bringing Griff on board solved all of those problems tenfold. And then and Andrew met me. Uh, we we just went for a, well, what I thought was just a drink at a pub, and I was very very happy at TT. Loved loved that job. And um, you know, I've been following what uh, the guys have been doing, and I was I was thinking, oh, this 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 looks really really cool, this game. And um, yeah, Andrew, you know, uh, said, do you want to do you want to come and work for us? And it was just no, no, flat out, no way am I leaving this job. I love this job. And then it sort of gnawed away in the back of my mind for about two weeks, and I, I kind of thought, well, if I don't go for this now, I might not be able to in you know a few years down the line when I've got people depending on me and stuff. So yeah, I ended I ended up going for it, and I don't regret the decision. Uh, I thought I would sometimes, but I don't, I don't in the end. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, I loved working on it. And how long did the audio take from start to finish then? Uh, I was on it for about, well, if we released in September, just just over a year, really. Yeah, around around the 18th month, ugh, around the 18 month mark. Yeah, because you, you, you came back from Boston in about July. And so you were, yeah. really, you were really into it in July. And then we released next September. So it was like a 13, 14 month. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the first the first few weeks I was just kind of clueless trying to figure out how to use FMOD in UE4, so I don't think I can really count that. <laughs> uh, and I ended up having to redo all of that when we got to like the oh my god, why aren't things working stage uh, right before, well, not, you know, about a month before submission. It was like, oh, we're getting some huge memory leaks from this stuff, and it was because I'd been cluelessly kind of hooking stuff together in blueprints and going, oh, it makes a sound, great. Well, that's done then. I was going to uh, say that it was the crushers debacle. Yeah, the, yeah, the crushers. So you've got oh, these my... giant machines that like slam together, and they they squash your box if they're in the middle of them. And uh, yeah, it just turned out there was this giant, inefficient, horrible memory leak where if the game ran for more than five minutes, then it just stopped. Yeah, you you set up so it was like <laughs> if thing exists, generate noise infinitely. Yeah, it's just like oh my god. <laughs> Once we fixed that, you know, then then the game was great. So yeah. I like to I like to put these things in games early on 
So then when everything looks really bad, it's an easy fix rather than a, like a horrible code fix. It's just make a simple audio blueprint that works, not one that's cobbled together. And then everyone, everyone feels really good about themselves and it boosts team morale. So that's, <laughs> that's my plan. That was my plan. That was the start. plan all along. Yeah. 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 So in terms of audio programming that you've just mentioned, was there much audio programming going on? Uh, I had amazing support from uh, Chris and Tim, who were uh, the programmers on the project. Um, they they were just they were really really good. But I I don't know what what I would have done without them because you you kind of get middleware to almost replace an audio programmer in a lot of ways on a lot of projects. But yeah, with this we we really really got the best out of it because it's all physics. You know, there's there's not a single animation in the entire game. I don't think. Um, and that's kind of what I was used to working on at uh, TT is with animation events and stuff. But with this, it was all crazy maths calculating like how hard things were like landing like you know taking into account the mass and the velocity of the object to like output a figure to fmob which then set to a parameter and um have a have a track set up for it and that yeah i feel like we really really got the best out of it because the, the audio spot was amazing and that's because i was in house and i was able to uh bug them about it every single day because i was sat about two feet away from them oh yeah this is it so you can just be like oi oi yeah yeah oi. yeah <laughs> I'm extremely irritating to work with. Um, uh, yeah, we got we got an awful lot done, and those guys were great. I think they enjoyed it as well. They learned a lot in the process. And just off the top of your head, do you remember how many um, minutes of music and how many sound effects you put in there? Or it was roughly one and a half hours of music and something like because we we wrote this down for the, the special edition book, so I remember compiling this book. It was something like fourteen, fifteen hundred sound effects somewhere in that range. Wow. That's quite a lot. It's it's a big game, and you know that that's adding together all the variations and stuff. Um, so yeah, a lot of physics objects you can knock around, and you need light, medium, and heavy, or maybe even more than that. Um, in, you know, you need light, medium, and heavy on each, of each object, and then three or four variations of each of those um, to get it sound close to kind of realistic. So they all really, really added up, and then just all the other mechanics and moving parts in the game and ambiences, and yeah, there was there was an awful lot in there in the end. Yeah, sounds like it. And what would you say, and this goes to both of you as well, in terms of what are you most proud of, you know, with regards to the audio? What are you most proud of in the game? I would say, uh, I know it's really dull, but I'd say some of the physics sounds, just because they were, they were such a challenge and there's so so much pernickety, fiddly work went into them that I was, I was really happy with how they turned out in the end. And some of the, uh, yeah, some of the tracks in there I'm really, really happy with. It's almost like a retrospective now, you know, some of them I seem, I feel less than happy than I was at the time with them, but that I think I've heard that that's a very, very common thing. Yeah, I think it's natural for that sort of thing to happen. Yeah, I re read an interview with uh, Grant Kirkup recently who said that he's only ever about 70 or 80% happy with anything that he's ever written. And you know, that everyone loves this guy's music. I love this guy's music and it's it's crazy to think that even he thinks that. But I, yeah, I'd say that's that's the case uh, with, with a lot of the stuff I've written. But I still, I'm still very very happy with how it came out and what about you andrew yeah i think like the physics audio is uh, really high up there but uh seven my answer is not copy paste um i'll go in with the the character babble because we we really wanted to kind of emulate the the style of talk from banjo kazooie uh but not have it just as a we didn't just want to rip it off so you yeah. know griff, griff went ahead and created a sort of pseudo language and then through the power of f modern crazy scripting was able to stitch this stuff together and modulate it so that it would kind of it wouldn't just sound like the same couple of sound effects playing over and over again and it creates this very natural kind of weird fun bubbly form of speech that they have yeah. um and I, I think as well like you know 
Um, a lot of a lot of people with uh, ukulele weren't big fans of the the babble and that, and I'm one of them. Like I found it kind of grating, and so mm. the fact that Griff was able to make something that kind of bested that and now has a job with those guys, it's like that kind of shows that what we created there had a lot of value. Like it clearly stood out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the babble system was incredible. I remember you doing a talk on it for us last year, Matt. Oh yeah, and it was uh, it was really really clever stuff. It was yeah, it was a, a lot of iteration. We just we basically whittled it down from about a hundred different syllables, and every time you just listen to it on a loop, this and then every time one of them st- stuck out a bit, you'd just take it out, and it was basically just doing that for about two weeks until we kind of <laughs> formed this language, uh, and then we got we got all the different uh, voice, well, all three voice actors to record uh, those like sixteen or seventeen syllables. And one thing I forgot about, actually, uh, one thing that I was really happy with, just because I, I can't recall another game doing it, is this system where we had, uh, in the single player, we had the background music, and then in each world there was, uh, what, about nine or ten different boxes that will give you challenges. And um, when you approach them, it will bring in, like, another layer on top of the music that's kind of uh, unique to that box. So rather than each box having their own theme tune, they had their own kind of theme instruments, and that would then work with... The background music and I, I was really happy with how that came up yeah that's really cool it worked based on the kind of proximity effect so the closer you got the louder the level will be and the more it would duck the background music and i've not seen what i oh, no, i saw one review mention it yesterday for the first time <laughs> a lot of them don't know it's this really cool stuff and like the the effort to get that stuff working and like keeping it in sync and stuff you know if the game stutters yeah. and then like it was yeah, one clock. layer goes out of whack and the whole thing's ruined. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, keeping that all in check, yeah, it, it's very cool stuff. But then often, you know, it's, it's usually the case with sound and music that people don't compliment it when it works, but they'll criticise it when there's a, yeah. a, mi- a minute error. Yeah, well, it's the old cliche, isn't it, that people only notice your job when you've done it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a lot of the time when uh, when reviewers are saying, oh, we really really enjoyed the atmosphere of this game. And they, they always give the credit straight to the artists. Yeah. They just <laughs> default straight to the artists. The artists and the VFX guys have created this wonderful atmosphere. It's like, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think you might be missing out an audio guy there or, or an, audio, <laughs> an audio person there. Okay, so before we let you guys go, where can we get Unbox? And is there anything else that you want to let our listeners know? Well, for all things Unbox, go to unboxgame.com. Uh, we've got links there for the digital storefronts for Xbox and PlayStation, as well as a whole bunch of links for retail stores where you can uh, purchase online or at storefronts in the US, UK, uh, Europe, and Australia. All those links are unbox on unboxgame.com. And if you want to follow updates on Unbox, you can go to at Prospect Games on Twitter or just search Prospect Games on Facebook. And we're going to be doing loads of posts there and keep people keep keeping people updated with where they can get the game. And of course, when it's coming out on Switch, which we hope to announce sooner rather than later. Okay, fantastic. Well, you heard it there, everyone. We have some links below as well. And I want to say thanks again to Andrew Benison and Matt Griffin for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having us. We wish you all the best with Unbox. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Sound Architect podcast, sponsored by Krotos Limited, creators of Simple Monsters and Dehumanizer. Don't forget you can also catch all of our great reviews and other articles at our website at www.thesoundarchitect.co.uk. If you would like to support The Sound Architect, please check out our sponsorship link as well as our Patreon.